You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show. <laughs> Sorry, Priya. It was like so. It was like she turned on a dime, and then it was so loud. <laughs> You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about different ways to organize and display your books and interviewing author Donna Freitas. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I am reading... This is our first episode of the new year. Yes. Happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Even though we, we recorded, already said it. Well, this is our first episode that we're in the studio recording. We are he- live from 2020. Live from 2020. It's Brian Mallory. Um, from the future. Not, I don't know. Anyway, um, so I'm reading my first 2020 book. Ooh. Because I have an arc, which is, the book is not out yet. Yeah. Um, so, but... I think people should order it, and it may be out by the time this episode comes out. Nope, it won't be, but it'll be very close, so you should pre-order this one. Um, and I was talking about it on the internet. It's called A Beginning at the End by Mike Chen, who's been past guest of the show, guest on the show next week. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, Mike Chen has this really great way of writing sci-fi stuff, things that are sci-fi. I would say they are sci-fi. They're not hard sci-fi, but it's mostly about Family and relationships yes. in a science fictional world. Which is your wheelhouse. Oh, man. It is so exactly what I want to be reading. So this one in particular is um, takes place six years after a cataclysmic event, like an apocalyptic event. And a lot of people are gone and everybody's life's changed. And it's just about how people are trying to sort of like deal with their lives in this world that, that is, is like, so changed. It's so, such a Bria uh, thing. It's, it's so wonderful. Um, there's a pop, an ex-pop star who changed her name because she didn't want to be a pop star anymore. There's um, a woman who's like a wedding planner and everyone's, she's an event planner, but she's a wedding, specifically working on a wedding Um at the beginning of the book, that's how far I am. Um, and it's and it's just about her. Because um, the government's really encouraging people to have children and get married and start families and stuff like that. And so it's about her kind of being involved in that and not doing that well. It's great. It's like exactly what you want. It's a great 2020 book. I'm very happy it's my first book of 2020. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading a book that was my last purchase of 2019. Oh, nice. Uh, I was out on the East Coast with my boyfriend's family and I was doing the show notes for one of our episodes and it, you know how on IndieBound it pops up like the, all the Indie Next picks? Oh yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, this book popped up, Wake Siren by Nina McLaughlin. Looks like a very Mallory book. Yes. Oh, well, I, the whole reason I bought it is I wasn't even really paying attention and then I saw the cover of it and the cover is done by the same guy who does... My, who did my book cover oh it looks and, like it and does my tattoos i can recognize his style immediately i like i opened indiebound and i was like oh that's a matt buck cover and it's like a spooky lady with like an owl coming out of her head and like a weasel coming out of her head she looks and, like, a little like medusa like as well well so what the, it's called wake siren and what it is it's a uh, retelling of ovid's metamorphosis oh cool um but through all the perspectives of all the women in it Ovid's Metamorphosis. Yeah, it's like it's it's a story of like all the Greek gods. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, like Neptune and all that stuff. But um, it's told. It's like short stories about like this. It's the story of Medusa, but told from Medusa's point of view. Oh, I like that. Uh, I will say super trigger warning for rape on this book because surprising that's what most of the Western literary canon is based yeah, on. Yeah, is like Greek Greek uh, gods and Roman gods. It's a lot of it's a real raping and pillaging. Universe. Yes, so like almost it was. I I've been I I love it in the 
writing is great. Um, and I was reading it on the plane back and Jeremy was like, oh, well, how's the book going? And I was like, well, it's a lot of, I opened it on the plane and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, a, it's just like um, most of the stories are about rape and it's some of them, they're all great, but it's something I have been taking in doses. Right. Uh, but it's, I'm very happy that I'm reading it because it's really interesting to see um, just how much of all these like mythological things that we, so much of our culture is based on. It's just like centered around the, you know, the assault of women. Right, right, right. So and it's told a book from that, the male perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a book that I'm not happy while I'm reading it, but I'm happy that I'm reading it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is Sean reading anything new? Okay. okay. Sean, to leave, to leave our listeners hanging, Sean is reading a new book, but he's too sleepy to talk about it. <laughs> so next episode. Too sleepy. Next, our next recording session, he's going to tell us all about it. So I'm reading Wake Siren by Nina McLaughlin. And I'm re- reading A Beginning at the End by Mike Chen. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, Morgan wrote in with a very ridiculous book review. That uh, There's a picture that came with it. And Morgan said, my husband came across this hilarious review for Neil Gaiman's North Anthology. I thought you would appreciate it. And it's a picture of a one-star review because the pages are deckled. And they, they thought, don't like it? And they No, they thought something was, wrong, the, something was wrong with the book. Wow. That is very funny. Yes. So, oh, now, so they were mad about like the pup. So it wasn't even they, the interior. What was in the book is just like the exterior. They thought something was wrong. Like it wasn't. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, I think we should leave the door open for people who want to send in reviews that don't make sense. Yes, I'm you know, down like for reviews that. like where they're like, "Oh, what's wrong with these pages?" Or this book isn't. I like horses. This book doesn't contain a horse. You know, like yeah. so, like dumb stuff that people put when you're like, "Why did you review this book?" Yeah, that's why people. You know, it's one of the many reasons why people are like, "Oh, well, why are you?" You know always give really good you know you only give four and five you only review the books you like i'm like yeah because this is what we're balancing out Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. it's very true um sandra wrote in with a link to a great book tracking spreadsheet which we are going to link to um it's it's the one the book riot created in uh 2020 and it is in google sheets and anyone can copy and use it anytime you want so it's it's a log that is very pretty i've seen it as well it's super yeah it's super fucking comprehensive it has like every possible thing that you could ever want to track with a book. Yeah. And what's cool about it is, you know, you can, when you click on the link, you can, you know, copy, copy down the spreadsheet and you can kind of choose your own adventure. You can pick the sort of things that you want to. Um, right. Cause the nice thing about Google docs is you can delete yeah. columns. So, so if you're like, Ooh, I don't really want to track that. You can just delete it. But I like, here's an interesting column they have in there, which I like it's, it's source. Which is cool because that does that mean that like who told them about the book? Oh, which yeah. I sort of like. That, yeah, I kind of because then you can go through the year and be like, oh, who's the person who's telling me all the books that I really oh my like? God, maybe I'll track that this year because that's a good. That's smart. Yeah, or at least like when you something's really good, you write that person down. And you're like, this person gives me good review. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll put a link to this in the show notes. Thanks to Sandra for sending this in and our pals over at Book Riot for for putting this together. Uh, and Coriander wrote in with a wheelhouse. And so Coriander, we met at one of our live events and she was dressed as Captain Marvel. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, and I asked when we met her, we asked her what her wheelhouse was. And she said, uh, hi, I wanted to add to my wheelhouse since all I told you was people who meet online but don't know who each other really is. Oh, like, I definitely a, remember this person because yes. I was like, that is so specific. And we, you know, we it was lo- that people meet online and they don't ever know who each, it's like they don't know who each other is. But then maybe there's like a love connection or something like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like a sleepless and, or no, uh, uh, check. Uh, you've got mail, kind of. Yeah, or a catfish situation. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Coriander says, I also love, 
I also like love-hate relationships where they start off disliking each other but grow to love each other. Friends to enemies or enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers is one. It's a big one. Someone talking trash about a person they haven't met yet only to realize the person they're talking to is the one they're trash talking. Catfishing. Wow. Corinne has such a specific wheelhouse. I love this, like... (laughs) uh, But uh, Coriander also loves American Revolution historical fiction and video game novels. I hope that something combines all these things for her. Yeah. I love this. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about organizing your shelves, we're going to take a quick break. Friendly Fire is a podcast about war movies, but it's so much more than that. It's history. It was just supposed to be another assignment. It's comedy. Under no circumstances are you to engage the enemy. It's cinema studies. It's a hell of a combination. So subscribe and download Friendly Fire on your podcatcher of choice. Or at MaximumFun.org. And also come see us at San Francisco Sketchfest on January 16th. You can get tickets at sfsketchfest.com. accomplished. This week, it's the new year and everyone's cleaning things, trying to make new routines and habits, and generally working on being better versions of themselves. That means a lot of folks are getting rid of books and reorganizing their bookshelves. And there's a lot of different ways to display your books and comics, so we're going to weigh in on them. First off, Bria, do you have a system for organizing or displaying your comics? Oh, um, comics. Not really. I group by author. So if I have, like, all of the, you know, all the Neil Gaiman stuff in one section, you know, like, everything by these particular authors, especially ones that I read a lot, all, like, sort of in one section. Um, and just because I'm sort of weird, I like to put the omnibuses at the bottom or the thick book, big books at the bottom because I'm scared of earthquakes. Smart. Yeah. I'm always thinking, well, I don't want this real heavy book to fall off a top shelf onto my dog or the cat or me. You know what? I, I, I mean, I'm also that. small. I think about that a lot too. Uh, Jeremy got me uh, two swords from Lord of the Rings for Christmas. Oh my god! And I don't. And I'm, so I'm going to hang them in my closet because I'm afraid that if there's an earthquake, they will fall down and slice my cats in half. Wait, are they real swords? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're replicas of the ones from their Legolas's fighting swords. Oh my god, that is really dorky. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm so afraid they're going to fall off. Well, they make like, I mean, they make shelving systems and things that are like specifically earthquake proof. I just don't have wall. Yeah, same. Yeah. And you can like also get these things on the front of your books that like will keep them in there, but I don't have that shit. Same, yeah. same. I yeah. should th- I should think about that and I do, but then I don't put, I put heavy books all over the place. What, how, so how do you organize them? So I still organize by genre. Uh, I like this mostly because it's easy for me to find books. Um, so it goes classic horror and then it moves forward chronologically into modern horror, which go- and then it's mysteries and thrillers, weird fiction, horror YA, literary YA, fantasy YA, <laughs> which it goes into adult fantasy and sci-fi, mythology, literary fiction, poetry, feminist nonfiction, biographies and memoirs, historical nonfiction, and then science nonfiction. Wait, wait, wait. So if I wrote a book that's a science nonfiction and a YA fantasy, you'd have me in two different sections? Well, see, yes. That's the only problem I have is that like like Carmen Maria Machado, her memoirs and biography and memoir, yeah. but her short story collections and weird fiction so you have them separated wow that's crazy uh but it's like that in a bookstore too yeah i guess 
That is true. If, yeah, in a bookstore. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if it's nonfiction versus fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, one of the things I think I see the most online is people organizing their books by color. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do this? I do do that. You do? I organize, we were talking comics. I do comics by last name. My books, so we have we have several shelves of books, obviously. We have a lot of coffee table books, and those just live on their own because they're just so <laughs> fucking huge. They've left they, the nest. They, they have, like, have their own jobs. shelves for them. <laughs> There's so many, like, picture-y kind of books. It's hard to, it's hard to put, you have to get, if you're going to put, coffee table books on a shelf you need like a big tall wide shelf which we have we have that for the coffee table books oh and then we have um a section for like magazines we have like a lot of old fangorias and much of stuff that like john's collected over the years and then i have all my novels which are in a different section and i organized them by color when i moved wow i didn't do it at the last house but this house i decided to do it um, how do you I feel can't... about it what is it cute do you like it's it it's so cute i get compliments all the time wow like people are like People, because you see it on these stupid home blogs. And when I was yeah. moving, I was like, how do I make my house cute? And, uh, <laughs> and as it turns out, putting things in color organization makes a difference. I don't know why. Um, and it's great, except that um, I can't find books sometimes. But I don't own that many novels. So I'm not like, because, um, you know, I'm an e-reader. So if I read. So you're like, I don't care. <laughs> like, let's say I read, yeah, let's say I read like 100 books last year. I probably only own 20 of those. Oh, wow. If that. Not even. I And I. Maybe not even, and more since we started doing the show, but before that would be zero. I would yeah. I would just like, or I would literally, people come over and I'd be like, just take this book because I don't like moving books. And I moved Please all the time. Please take those books. And, uh, so yeah, the problem is your cover is sometimes different than the spine. Uh, like it's weird. The cover yeah, may be yeah, blue, yeah. but then for some reason the spine is black and you're looking for a blue cover and I'll be in the blues. And I'm like, it's not here. So then you have to look through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, see. I, but I, I don't have that many books, so it's okay. I think it looks cool, but I, I, yeah, I could never do that. I hate it. I don't like I, I couldn't find anything. I also think I don't maybe like colors very much. Okay. Well, I will say my my black section is a whole shelf whereas <laughs> all the other colors are combined. Yeah. Yeah, because I read so many like horror stuff and all the covers yeah. are really black. But but some of them aren't. Like some of the times the cover's black and then the spine is a different color. So that's what's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so you don't like it. You don't like this idea. I'll show you when we're done. Yeah. I show me. You don't know that. Yeah, well I never it. we never go upstairs. I anymore. know, it's true, it's true. Oh, and because you guys used to be up there, but now you're down here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. What about the people who like face the books of the covers out? Like those display shelves that are like. Oh, Sean, Sean hates Sean it. Is Sean having, is literally. Wait, wait. Sean is intensely when you wrote, shaking when I his read head. This, I thought you meant the ones where people face them backwards. Oh, we're going to talk about this? that. We're going to oh. talk about that. But I'm talking about the people who like face Spine the cover. In. Yes. Spine in yeah, people yeah, are doing. That's, That's that is a major now. No. Those are people that I don't understand. It looks cool when you have like an all white and beige house and then you have these white and beige. If you have an all beige house, you have some bigger fucking problems. No, I like them on the internet. <laughs> go look on the internet. They're cool. They look cool if it's like an all beige and everything's Does beige. Does Kanye I mean, West look, live like that Here's what I'm going to say. The only problem you have is you've got to clean a lot because it's going to look dirty. You're going to get dirt on that beige house. It's going to look like you're inside of Goodreads. <laughs> it's true. You're going to look like you're inside of Goodreads. Terrible. But you're talking about us... Uh, when people do put people the covers do out, yeah, they have like if you don't have a lot of books and you have like one of those dis- like um, shelves where it's like an old picture book shelf. Oh yeah, yeah, I, we have those along the wall of our yeah. living room, which I don't, I don't use them. For you that, could put but books in there. You could, but I won't. Yeah, it's too much, <laughs> too much color. Although 
Well, I think we've learned something about you. You don't like beige and you don't like color. Mallory just wants to live in an abyss of non- nothingness. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Although um, I am wearing a, a yellow shirt today. That is true. But I didn't even know you had yellow shirts. Well, but it does say thanks for leaving me alone on the back. I tell people all the time I went to your house to do a goth clothes swap because people are like, where'd you get this random black thing that you're giving away at this clothes swap? And I'm like, I went to a goth clothes swap and honestly everything there was black. I only went home with black clothes. <laughs> Um, wait, so what do you think about the book facing out? You're not for it. I don't I have too many books for it. I wouldn't have enough room. Okay, I can see it though. If you had like a couple of beautiful display shelves, I have a lot of weird built-ins in this house. Not yeah. a lot. I'm acting like this house is a maze, but it's a, I mean, it is a big it house. Is a maze. But um but they, we have a lot of display shelves. Mallory's popping her ears right now. Oh, sorry, I'm getting over being sick and I'm like, my ears are blocked up. You may yawn for you. <laughs> oh, that helps. Yeah. Mine was fake. My yawn was fake. I'm just a good actor. <laughs> That's why she get made the big bucks. <laughs> this is a good. This is a good sight. If you haven't listened to reading glasses and you're here to like improve your reading, welcome to what this show is like. <laughs> um, I could see though if you had like just a lot. Like I have a lot of built-ins, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to put in these built-ins because they aren't yeah. quite big enough for for like. You can't put tall books, but you could display books really pretty in them. Like real pretty books or real expensive. Like if you had like old, beautiful. Oh yeah, if you had first like editions yeah. or something. If you had like I fancy books, it. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have way too many books for these. I'd have to cover every inch of wall space in my house, which is actually a look. Mm. You just build. You build like twenty shelves up in a row, and then you just put. But then all my monster posters. <laughs> can have to make a choice. Which do you like better? Ugh tough so yeah i see i i see a lot of different ways of organizing books online and anything i feel like we all do this thing when we look at instagram and we're like oh maybe i could do that yeah 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 and my, i would be a different person and my will change my life if yeah. i do these things um but i never do like i never want to do it like my friend um liberty hardy over on all the books she organizes all her books alphabetically by title Hmm. And I'm always like, that's helpful. Yeah, I can see that. But then um, I just like having all the genres together. I think besides making things easy to find for me, it makes it easy to browse. Yeah, I could see that. Like you're looking for something specific. I'm rarely looking for something, and I keep all of my books that I haven't read in a separate section. See, I mix them in. Oh, I, yeah, I know you do. That's crazy. That's me. Like would make me feel insane because I would. Oh, I, I would know it. what's in there. I like the books on the shelf to be ones I've read. So I can pull them from that. And then the ones I haven't read, they're in a totally different shelf. And they're not organized. They're in piles. They're in big, giant you, you piles. You have a TBR field. I have, a, I have a, just a, an entire, like, section of my office that's just TBRs. Because I think, well, I love, I, I love the idea of, like, I love the feeling of browsing. So I mix all my, the books that I don't read in. And then when I'm ready to read something else, I just, like, browse my own shelves. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I, I can't really do that. I mean, I guess you could anyway, but if I'm doing it by, if I have my books organized by genre, then I could be like, oh, I'm in the mood for horror. And then I'll like stand up for the horror section and there's a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. That's interesting. And the ones you haven't read, which I am not doing that. That's interesting. What about those floating shelves where you stack books like horizontally on top of each other? Oh, I didn't know what you meant by this. I thought you meant the kind that like, cause I've been looking to a lot of shelves lately. I've been into shelf shelf studying because i'm trying to put a bunch of new shelves in my house and um i thought you meant the kind that just like don't have like bottoms you know where they just look like a random ass shelf yeah you know what i'm talking about oh yeah 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 yeah. which i am always concerned about those because i'm scared they won't i my carpentry skills aren't good enough to keep something like that up yeah it's like my it's like when i build something from ikea i know at some point it's going to break 
I have a broken chair in my living room right now. It's not even from Ikea. And, and I, it's a nice chair and it's broken because I put it, put it together poorly. Um, but I do like those. And I've thought about getting those for maybe my TBRs. Because those oh, can't hold that many. Yeah. But I can like limit the number of TBRs I had if I just had those. Or I can put them in a different room, like a different kind of display. You could put the big heavy books on those, right? You'd have to really... Nail that Ballot. motherfucker in. Yeah. Well, the ones I'm thinking of are kind of freestanding. No, I'm thinking the ones that like hang on the show, hang on the wall. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, it's just like a little, it lo- it's just like a piece of metal and you put books on it. So it look, when you have the books on there, you can't see the shelf at all. Oh, oh, that so is it, what I thought you were talking yeah. about. Okay. Okay. I thought you were talking about, they have these freestanding ones where the books are kind of like sideways, like, no, like no, no, whatever. No. Um, look, they're called floating shelves because it looks like the books are just like floating there. Yeah. That scares me because I'm just, my carpentry skills, not good enough. Yeah. I don't like it because you can't, you, like you can only easily take the first one off. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like if you want to. Because they're horizontal to the ground. They're, yes. Yeah. And if you want to take the one on the bottom stack, then you have to like. I don't like anything that makes my life difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, they're really cute, but... Super cute. There's all sorts of new kinds of shelves I've been looking at. Corner shelves, all sorts of weird shelving that's happening right now. Corner shelves are hard because what are you going to do? You put like one book on it. Well, they have bigger ones now, but it is a weird thing for books. Like, it's weird for books specifically. But but yeah, the shelving... Listen, shelves have come a long way, but not really that far because there's only so much you can do with shelves. (laughs) You you can't really reinvent the wheel here. No, you can't. You really can't. I, yeah, I like my, I have my Billy bookshelves from Ikea. I know, you love them. Because I need to, like, I have been getting rid of a lot of, a lot more books because when I moved, I was like, I found all these books where I'm like, I didn't even really like that book that Yeah, much. that's the key. And I have moved five times in the past four years. Yeah, that's, yeah. And this is why I don't, this is why I just get library books. <laughs> so I'm, I've been getting a lot better about getting rid of books, but even then I still acquire books at a very fast rate you know it is the new year you could consider doing a purge yeah i've actually been thinking about it yeah because i'm getting to the point now where like because i've been living in my new place for like seven months and when i moved in like all my bookshelves were were, like nice and loose and now they're all packed in there and there's like books on top of books so i should do a purge you should do a purge go sell some books because the problem with that is that I'm going to buy more books <laughs> with the with money, the that, money, with the money that I sell uh, that I that I got from selling them. So you can send your thoughts on shelf organizational systems to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author Donna Freitas, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we host Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a new Simpsons podcast that is Simpsons adjacent. Mm -hmm. Um, In its topic, we talk to Simpsons writers, directors, voiceover actors, you name it, about non-Simpsons things that they've done. Because, surprise, they're all extremely talented. Absolutely. For example, David X. Cohen worked on The Simpsons, but then created a little show called Futurama. Mm -hmm. That's our very first episode. So tune in for stuff like that with Yardley Smith, with Tim Long, with different writers and voice actors. It's going to be so much fun. And we are every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we are with author Dr. Donna Freitas. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. What are you reading right now? I am actually reading My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Have you read it? 
No, I it's I really want to though. How is it? Well, it's I really love it so far. I've heard such mixed things. Um, I have some friends who have just loved it like crazy, and other friends who have hated it with a passion. So that always interests me when people have such strong feelings about a book. So I started it two days ago, and I'm already about halfway through. And I really love the voice. Wow. And uh, it's very entertaining. It's very funny. I hear it gets very, very dark. It's already pretty dark, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. So. so can you tell us about your new book? So, yes. So I had a memoir come out a couple of months ago. It's called Consent, a memoir of unwanted attention. And it is a book about or a story of a part of my life that I thought I would never, ever talk about in public. And in fact, I am not supposed to ever talk about it in public because I signed a confidential, uh, uh, what a, a non-disclosure agreement. Is that what those are called? I think so. Yeah, an NDA. Yes, that's what it was. Um, and uh, so it's about a time uh, during graduate school when, um, so my advisor during graduate school um, became obsessed with me. There's no really other way to put it. And tormented my life and my family, my family's life for um, almost three years. <laughs> and it's about that part of my life and how it changed my life and my career and my future and um, about how I have come to terms with it now um, many two decades later. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's an, it's an it's an incredible book. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for writing it. And so this whole episode is all about how we organize our books. It's the new year and so do you have an organizational system for your bookshelves? Uh, you know, I I sort of do and I sort of don't. I I don't or, organize things like alphabetically or anything, but I group things according to like subject. So I, I have all of my, so my, my PhD is in postmodern feminist philosophy, religion. And so I have all of my amazing philosophy books on like in one area. And then I have all of my, like I studied also, I studied women mystics. And so I have like all my women mystic books like together. And then I have my all my, I like to read fantasy and sci-fi. So I have like my fantasy section and my sci-fi section. I have, and then I have like my all-time favorite book section. <laughs> so I sort of have them grouped like that. And then I have books, like I have shelves according to classes that I teach. So, um, so I have, I teach a lot of courses in memoir. So I have like my big shelf full of all the possible memoirs I might teach and the ones that I've read and, and things like that. So, so yeah, so I know what section to go to depending on the kind of book I am looking for. I mean, that's, I appreciate that because it's very similar to my own system. So I'm biased that I think it's a fantastic idea to do it like that. So have you ever tried an organizational system that <laughs> totally failed for you? I mean, sometimes my organizational system fails uh, already just because I think I have <laughs> in one area, but it turns out I don't. And I have a lot of books. Like I have massive amounts of books. And I mean, they're just 
my apartment, if you, if you could see it, it's just, it's, there's walls of books everywhere. So, um, so sometimes I think because they're not like alphabetized or anything, I think my, I know what, where the book is that I'm looking for, but then it's just not there. And, um, that's part of the problem when you teach, you move the books, like you take them to campus and then you take them back. And sometimes you don't put them back where they're supposed to go. So, um, so yeah, so sometimes I'm, you know, searching around every single book for one particular book I know that I have, but I can't seem to find. And that drives me crazy. And then sometimes I buy it again and then I have it twice. <laughs> so. That has definitely happened to me before. So have you ever seen, had that moment where you're looking online or you're looking on Instagram or on some kind of social media and you see a really cool looking bookshelf or bookcase that was organized by color or they're all face out or it's like floating shelves and you wanted to try it out? Well, not so much online. Well, so, sometimes I see all the color ones online, like, you know, arranged according to like the rainbow. And I think that's really attractive, but that would never work in my house. But my friend Elda is head of Penguin Classics, and she has, I think she has one of the coolest jobs. She's essentially has been like redoing, um, like repackaging all the classics um, and getting different people to write the intros. And she's done these amazing new covers. She's had all of these, she, she hires all these artists. And so I love going to her office because her books are all so beautiful and she's done all these cool, beautiful covers and they're all, they're, her shelves are gorgeous. And so then I fantasize about getting all the books Elda has ever done and displaying them in my house. But um, I don't do that. I do have a lot of the books she's, she's done though and they are very pretty and I have them grouped together in a small section. Never say never. <laughs> so, Donna, tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share with us? Well, I I read every day um, in the morning with my coffee. Reading is my on-ramp to writing. And I kind of have this back and forth. Like, I, I always read first thing in the morning. So, like, I, my process is, like, I get up, I make my coffee. When my coffee's ready, I sit down in my reading writing chair and I start to read. And then I wait until I feel like writing. And then I read, like, I read, I write, and then I read some more, and then I write some more. So I go back and forth. And I guess one of my quirks is um, I can only read the books in the category that I am writing at that moment. And so, oh, that's interesting. So like, if I'm writing like my like hardcore nonfiction, that's how I think of it. Like, when I'm if I've if I've done like a national study, because that's part of what I do in my life as a professor. Like, I'll do a study and then I'll write a book about it. And so, if I'm reading, I mean, if I'm writing that kind of book, then I will be reading like hardcore nonfiction that I like that is sort of in the vein of what I'm thinking about doing, and it's part of what gets me in the mood. And so, one of the things that I do is I. Like if I, when I'm going back and forth between projects, I will hold off reading certain books until I'm ready to go back to that certain project. And then I also have vacation books that I read when I'm not planning on writing anything. So those are the books I save that are just for like pure fun. And so they're not there to get me in the mood to read. They're just there to let me escape. And so, um, so yeah, so I get, I, I'm really particular about what I'm reading at any given moment, given that issue. 
So what are your, what is your reader wheelhouse? Are there any subjects or tropes that will always get you to pick up a book? Well, what will often get me to pick up a book is a pretty cover. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad like that. I gravitate toward the the pretty covers. Um, I, you know, I really, I'm an avid reader of the New York Times book review and so I read a lot of like criticism and that will make me pick up a book. Um, and then the other thing is that I have people in my life that are the people that I trust who like certain friends who are really good. They just read the books that I like. And so I will take their advice about what to read seriously. And then um, I actually ask my students uh, at the end of every semester, I, um, I ask my students, like, what must I absolutely read over the holiday break? (laughs) And last year, I made the mistake of listening to my students because (laughs) they told me to read It by Stephen King because I hadn't read it. And they they all got to talking about It one day in class. And they told me that I absolutely must read it. And so I did get it. And I didn't realize how big it was until I actually bought it. (laughs) And I was going away and I thought, this was a bad idea. It's a giant book. Um, and I read about like 400 pages and then I put it down and I still haven't finished it. But um, but they- It's a lot of book. It's a huge lot of book. Like I sort of got into it, but I also wasn't that into it. I have to admit. So sometimes I, I, I'll ask my students what they're reading and what they think I should read. So really it's recommendations. I don't go online much. So that's why. Oh, smart. Very smart. So Donna, where can we buy your book and where can we find you online? Even though you don't go on, go on there very much. <laughs> I mean, I think you can buy my book really just about at any bookstore. And I am not really searchable. I do have a website, donnafreitas.com, and it has my email on it. But uh, I am not on social media at all. And so, um, so I like it when people write me directly if they're interested in being in touch, in touch to my email. And then, um, yeah, you can get my book at any bookstore or, you know, through the publisher's website, which is Little Brown or ideally an independent bookstore, though. So. Hell yeah. Awesome. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Christina wrote in, I'm about to attend my first author signing event soon. However, I only purchase ebooks and audiobooks, any physical books I borrow from the library. Is it fine to just tell the author how I appreciate their work or am I obligated to purchase a, a physical book for signing? I own the author's ebooks. Is there a digital signature equivalent? Bria, this, what do you think? This is a good question because I have this problem where I've re- I'm like, I read it, I promise. Don't own it. Don't have it here yeah. presently with me. Um... Some events may make you buy a book. That is a thing yes. for as like a ticket. And yes. I think it's great. Give that to a friend. Look, I got you a signed book. What a great friend you are. You are like, you, you're a wonderful friend. But what if um, you want a signature for yourself? Um, um, well, I would say like if you want the signature, that's a different question. I think you don't have to feel pressure to have them sign something. Mm-hmm. And you don't, don't have to. You can tell them you read it on your e-book reader i think authors understand this now it's not like a new thing it's not yeah. like i read it on oh, like yeah. a digital mindscape and like yeah. I, I downloaded it into my I brain i stared into the sun and just imagined your book um but i or if you got it from the library and you like really enjoyed it say like hey i downloaded i got your book from the library i just sent you a money on patreon so three bucks on patreon five bucks on patreon you can mm-hmm. like do that if you were trying to like start conversation and you don't want to feel weird because 
you're talking to them. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that works. But I don't think you have to sign anything. Um, I think if you, I think that the, I, I think, I mean, this question coming from me is like the, when you go to the reading and you want to talk to the author at the end, but you don't have like yeah. an event to do, because I think that's really what the signing is. It's just like a, wanna, here's wanna, the event. We're going to sign a thing. I'm going to give the thing. And yeah. we have like, we know what that exchange is. So it's comfortable. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And so instead, I think telling them you just read the ebook, you really liked it. A little gift is fine, I think. Like, I think bringing, like, a little, like, gift for the author is okay. You just did this, so I don't know. We 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 did author events and got, like, I got some candles, which I've used all of. A chocolate bar, just make sure it's still wrapped. Don't put any poison in there. Don't make, <laughs> don't make your own chocolate. No homemade. No homemade Nothing treats. Nothing homemade. Um, like, I think there's, like, other ways to, like, make the exchange positive without just going up empty, empty-handed, which would be my thing. As yes. I don't like going places empty-handed. yes. Like, I, I'm, if I'm going to your house and you're having a party, I'm going to be like, what can I bring? So yeah. I can, like, bring, like, walk in with a bottle of wine or a juice or whatever you need, you yeah. know? I, I just don't want to walk into the – I understand that, to go to the author event and, and need something. What What do you think? You just went – you just did a bunch of author events. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people actually have authors sign their Kindles, which is kind of really? cool. They'll have, like, the back of the Kindle or, like, their case, and they'll have a ton of author sign, which is really cool. Oh, that's interesting. I've signed a bunch of Kindles, like, among other authors, and it looks cool. Oh, that's um, cool. I've also seen tote bags that readers have authors sign. Which is a really cute idea. Like, is the like, tote bag for the book or is just random? Tote a ra- bag? random tote bag. Like, you know, at the end of camp when you everyone signed your, their, or like at the end of the school year, everyone like signed a T-shirt. Oh yeah, or this or a, a yearbook. Yes, you should just bring your yearbook. Oh, that's, <laughs> I've I've signed that. I've had people bring just like they have autograph books, which oh, yeah, are really good. cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the tote bag is the mascot of the publishing industry. Um, uh, I I also thought it would be cute if you brought a bookmark. Oh yeah, that's cool. And then you, like you have that. a then you have a signed bookmark collection, which is really cute. And mm-hmm. just say, "Hey, I'm an e-reader. I bought the ebook, but can you sign whatever?" Authors are happy to sign anything that isn't weird. Uh, right. Sure. If you come to one of my signings and say you got the ebook and want me to sign something else, that's awesome. I'll sign yeah. anything that like isn't alive. Yeah. Well, what if it's their person? Uh, I've seen. I've never signed a person. I've seen a lot of author friends sign people. I saw an author friend sign a baby once. You've signed a person. Sean, Sean says he signed a person. Can Where? we tell, can uh, we tell them about your background? Come here. <laughs> Sean used to oh, be in a band, a big band. Not not a big band. Like, we didn't play swing music. <laughs> no, but you know what? No, like yeah. a popular a, a popular band. music band in Australia. And? Their name is? Oh, God. Uh, Eve Klein Blue. And then, and what did you sign? People. Many different parts of people's mm-hmm. body because we were like, 19. What was the weirdest one? Pretty sure somebody got one tattooed. <gasps> like, like you signed it and they did the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Bria went. <gasps> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Sean. We're, we're very lucky to have Sean. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big deal. Okay. I'm going back over <laughs> Sean's going back to sleep. Going back to hibernate. <laughs> wow. So yeah, this is, this is a ton of options. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us for free and make us really happy, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's a great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It takes like a second. Somebody wrote in and you just go to, if you want to, um, review us on iTunes you go to iTunes and search for reading glasses and yeah. the page will be like on the reading glasses page it has 
uh, op- you just scroll down a little bit and it, has, it says write a review or rate. Well, there's also this weird thing of um, uh, you go, if you just are listening to it, it's really hard. But if you do it, if you have, if you, yeah, what you said, what you said makes sense. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported